was a disappointing honourable loss to Frio last weekend, but the boys should bounce back this week against the lowly Blues. Join the crew as we dissect last week's game, discuss the winning margin against Carlton, bring you news with Nicky, and the board talk tradition continues. I'd usually make some momentous comment here, but I've gone completely blank. This is Crowcast. Okay, good evening everyone and welcome to another edition of Crowcast. Uh, this week it is just myself, Nikki and Waffle. We have Danos on the sick list. And we may or may not have a board talk. You'll probably find out later on. <laughs> Depends if someone calls in. Um, so before we go any further, I'd say hello to everyone. Hi, G'day, Waffle. How you doing? I'm great, Phoenix. How are you? Pretty good. And how about you, Nikki? How you doing? Uh, not too bad. Trying to stay warm. Uh, it's freezing, isn't it? Just a little bit chill. Colder than a Mick Malthouse press conference. Nice um, simile going on there. Well, you know, I try to stay topical. <laughs> Not tropical? No, I wish I was tropical, I tell you. Rather be in cans right now drinking beer. Yeah, I agree. Anyway, without further ado, let's hand it over to Nikki for Nikki's News. So we can start off with some water news. They've uh, decided to also appeal on the Dank issue. Um, he was found guilty of 10 charges, but they're not appealing those 10, which he is appealing back to the AFL tribunal. But the 21 other charges, they're going to appeal on direct to Cass. Um, this is kind of a bit interesting. Um, it's They have the 45-day extension. Um, on the Essendon players. So this could actually, the dank stuff could actually be heard before the players um, unless they ask for um, an extension on on his as well. But, of course, one of the things he was found not guilty of was um, giving TB4. And, yeah, so this is is going to be quite interesting as to how it's all going to um, end up there was talk that it may we may actually have hearings in october november so yeah it's still a long way away the other interesting thing i thought about to do with this is fletcher who played his 400th game on the weekend now hypothetically if he gets found guilty and they kind of want to date it back he shouldn't have been playing a certain games so what's people's thoughts going to be on should he then be known as a 400 game player he did play them but should he have played them um if he is found guilty of breaking the drug code of course not just like job shouldn't get his brown lay exactly yeah i, th- I think that's um, another little interesting ramification that, that people kind of haven't um thought about but in some very horrible, sad news, Anthony Morabito. Um, the news out of Perth today is not good at all. He now has bone bruising on the knee that he's had. Was it three or how, 
forget how many knee reconstructions he's had on that that knee. Poor bugger just cannot take a trick. He's out for the rest of the season and his career is quite possibly over. Yes, can't take a trick, poor old Morabito. Like, he came back from it, you know, twice, three times. You know, you've got to applaud his willpower and courage for, for doing it that many times. But you've got to, even though we're not free, I suppose your heart needs to go out to the bloke. Yeah, well, well and truly. And the other interesting thing is that there's, it's not a rule change, it's an interpretation change. And it was kind of interesting to actually hear from Goddard and Lewis that their understanding was that, hang on, what do you mean they've not been paying this? I, I thought we saw vision of this earlier in the year and we were told the umpires were going to pay it, which of course is regarding players who pick up the ball on the ground um, and lead with their head into a tackle. Um, and the umpires are going to now adjudicate that as, um, well, there's a couple of different options. Um, for the example of the one on our weekend where um, Chris Main picked it up and immediately was tackled by Crouch, that would become a ball up. But there's others that they um, showed examples of where the player has decided that you can actually see that the player's gone, right, I'm going to duck my head in this way that it's going to be a holding the ball. I um I read a few things on social networking but like one person said on there, why can't we just go back to playing football? Yeah, I'm in two minds about it. I mean it's good because every time I've seen a player do it, you kind of know, well why isn't it paid against him because, you know, that's not the intent of what you should be doing. Um, but sometimes they do make things a little bit too complicated for the umpires. Um, there was, of course, the big discussion regarding Adam Goods's um, celebration where he um, used the under-16 Boomerang Boys um, war dance that they'd created, um, which is an amalgamation of a number of different tribes of, um, of different dances and everything else. And I think some of the discussion... Uh, put people in some bad light. I thought there were some really great points made, um, but I'd say that most people have had their say and we should probably let it rest. Why is it such a big deal? Oh, I don't think it should be a big deal. I, where I think it, it comes into it is that there's a combination of the tall poppy syndrome going on in that he is so he has been quite prominent. A lot of people have said they don't agree with him being Australian of the Year. Well, you know, he had no say in that. So um, I, th- I think there's a little bit of that going on. And I was disappointed with the camera work that they showed and they focused and they all talked about him doing it at the Carlton supporters. And the vision I saw, there were Swan supporters in amongst them, but it wasn't at the Carlton Cheer Squad. The Carlton Cheer Squad was down the other end. They might have had some people sitting there, but I think there was a block of Carlton supporters. I don't think it was the cheer squad. Um, and then, of course, because some members of that area got spoken to, which it was stressed, it wasn't anything to do with um, what Adam Goods had done or was directed towards him. I, I think there were some conclusions jumped to before people had all the facts. Uh, sells newspapers, sadly, and gets website hits, but how the crowd could be intimidated, like he's on the field, he, what's he going to do, uh, throw an imaginary spear at you? Come on, let's get real. Yeah, well, literally. Just to play devil's advocate, because I'm not a huge fan of 
could see, and my view on this particular one is that it's a storm in a teacup. But if you wanted to really nitpick, he did point out someone who was, um, you know, vilifying him from across the fence a few years ago. Um, so at a stretch, maybe he was vilifying a few uh, Caucasian people on the other side of the fence. Well, we've already, we've had a player this year, um, Dobby and Crowd, um, as well. So is it reverse vilification? I don't think you can go there. Uh, what well, I don't know. I, technically speaking, he he was just doing it towards all of the crowd. It wasn't one person. Yeah, I know. So it's mass reverse vilification. Try saying that in a hurry. <laughs> this fence looks mighty warm. I'm staying on it. It's it's you like MRV. That fence? I love this fence. I've sat on a fence before. It's. They're not. It's not pleasant. Oh, I was waiting for an outtake then. I sat one. on the pole at Glendy. And that wasn't a, very pleasant. Did you get a splinter, Nikki? No, it was a stone fence, and it's Central Park in New York. That would have been cold. Uh, yeah, New Year's Eve. Oh, freezing. Yeah, but it was better to be sitting on the fence um, up there with a six-foot drop behind you onto the grass than be um, pushed by the crowd surges back into the fence and possibly squashed. All, all, to, cool. all to watch some fireworks. The things we do. Well, I can see, uh, you know, I've seen the fireworks um, in uh, New York on New Year's. Well, you are six-foot-five. Yes, I'm so tall. Anyway. Anyway, we should probably end on the nice little Num Nut of the Week award. And this one kind of threw me this week is, you know, who could it be? Because um, there were a few. I mean, Mick Malthouse kept going on. Um, David Kosh. Yeah. Kosh oh, is just, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of erring towards Ollie Wines um, just for the fact that, you know, Ollie, just a little hint, mate. No, Don't come say on. it's girly. Girly is no. not a bad thing. Come on. It should not be used as a negative. I reckon that's just girly talk, really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Did you miss watching the women play the other week? It's a colloquialism. People need to chill out. It's one that kind of needs to be stamped out a little bit, though. It's because there are connotations to it. Um, speaking on behalf of my gender... Um, when you hear things like that, you know, that it's, it's implied to be a negative. Um, so, mm, but I, I think this was kind of like a fairly mild dumb nut week. Is there any that you guys kind of stood out? Gary Ablett. Ah, yes, this one. We don't have a lot, we don't have a lot of information on this. So it's a bit hard to tell. Is... Gary Lyon went to town on him, so there's clearly some sort of uh, um, fire amongst the smoke. I think yes. that was also partly to do with, I think, was he scheduled to do an interview with a radio station that Gary Lyon's associated with and pulled out? Mick Moldhouse yeah. would have to up there. Oh, the apology that wasn't an apology. Yes, uh, I'll, I'll try and make myself look good, good on uh, Foxtel without apologising to Eddie Betts like I should. I'll just make an excuse that he didn't feel comfortable at dinner at my house. Well, who would? That was just a, a legally advised 
um, statement. There was not a skerrick of sincerity in that. No, I kind, nope. of, I kind of agree with you there. So we, I think we're airing that Mick Malthouse. Yep, hands down. Yeah, glad to see him out of the game, to be honest. I can't stand him. Go back to bed, Grandpa. But I have to Just say, before. though, who of the Indigenous round, uh, the Guernseys, what did you guys think of them? Because I reckon there were some t- rippers. I told Andrew McLeod and Rachel on Instagram, it just gets better every year, our Guernsey. And I got a thank you too from them. That was lovely. That's nice. I have to say, as looked great on the ground. Um, it looks good close up and it looks good far away. I think Richmond's is probably the best one. GWS looked really good. Yeah, I liked them all. I thought they were all um, all appropriate and all original. I liked them all. I didn't see a bad one. Oh, really. Geelong wasn't original. It was last year's. Yes, I saw. The, that's what I was about to say, Nikki. Um, the Geelong one. I reckon my uh, four-year-old son could have coloured that in. It was exactly the same as their last year's Guernsey. They didn't actually come up with a new one. I found that a little disappointing. Yeah, I didn't see this, so I can't comment. But yeah, I mean, I worried about the St Kilda one, but that actually looked quite good. Oh, the Brisbane one too, Nikki. Up close, it looked like some really odd curtains. That's why they don't have daylight saving because it won't fade. <laughs> yeah, because it won't fade. But it actually, it it, it kind of the, their traditional kind of strip a little bit that they're going um, back to a little bit. It kind of harked to that. So yeah, it it didn't look too bad. So what do we think about um, the calls from up north, speaking of Brisbane and Gold Coast, um, about changes to the rules to slow the game down again, considering their injury lists up there? I'm with Walsh, you would get rid of the sub. Yep, get rid of the sub. I think I saw some numbers. I think between the two clubs, they've played... 72 out of a possible 88 players on their collective lists. Something ridiculous. 36, 37 players out of 44. That's how many injuries I've got. Yeah, so gonna, yeah it's kind of shocking. They're going to have to ask us, can you play for our side this week like uh, primary school football all over again? Yeah, we'll have to share players. It was nice to see Keegan Brooksby um, get a game. I didn't like seeing him get the football whacked in his face, though. Yeah, I just wonder whether there's starting to become some actual merit in this, though. I mean, apparently 20% of the league is out injured at the moment. That's an extremely high number. A lot of them, I think, are more to do with those collision-type injuries that you just can't um, really train for in a way or try and stop. It's just going to happen. Well, yeah, but the argument is um, because players are fresher for longer, the hits are harder and more frequent. Um, that's that's essentially the basis of um, the comments from from Brisbane and and the Gold Coast. And I don't I don't disagree actually. No, I, th- I think there's some very valid points there, and I'm hoping that we actually will see the end of the sub rule um, by the end of this year. I think it's been imitated from the AFL. The noises that are coming out there that yeah, it's pretty much going to head that way. I. One thing about footy used to always be it was a bit of a war of attrition, especially if you got a game like we had against Frio last week um, and the one against Melbourne earlier in the year. Um, 
you know, it becomes, um, you know, survival of the fittest. And when you've got 6,000 rotations a game, it's not really about that. It comes down to a, a, a bit of luck in terms of who's got fresh players on the bench, which are really, I don't know, it changes the game too much for my, for my liking. Do we need to remove the cap? I, well, she advocates it um, down to 80, though. So sub gone, but interchange restricted to 80. I reckon we should go back to three interchange. Yeah, could, could be a fair point. No, I, I, I think the four kind of works better because if you go back to three, you're, the four is going to get us that second ruckman on the bench in a way. You're going to have that, that bigger player. I think the three, the three can be a little bit more risky in that if you get an injury to one of your tolls, most of the time you're probably going to only have three mediums or small on the bench. You're not going to have a tall in that mix. So I think you need the four. Mm, I don't know. If you'd listen to Walsh, he'd like to go back to uh, the old old days where we didn't even have interchange. Once you're off, you're off. Did he actually say that? I think he doesn't, he doesn't mind the interchange. I think he does like the flexibility that you can give players a bit of a rest. But, yeah, he he's working them so that they can be fitter. And they can stay out there longer. Well, look yeah. at it this, this way, Phoenix. Uh, if we if we keep it at four, Jenkins can polish his nails in the SNFL, and we can put Riley O'Brien on the bench. <laughs> there you go. Well, Jenkins is polishing his nails on the ground at the moment, so it's just a different venue, same outcome. I, my radical view on this, which would never happen, but I think it should happen because the game has gotten so much faster and players are covering so much more ground. We should only have 16 on the ground. We shouldn't have 18 on the ground anymore. That, yeah, I, I could see a merit to that. Um, so where would you take the position from, from the centre? Just take the wings out. Yeah. Um, I think that my thinking on it is, is that, a, there's so much congestion because players can cover the ground so much better. And B, because there are so many players on the ground, plus the high rotations, you're getting this bash and crash for, you know, 120 minutes. And if you, if you reduce the numbers, you'd get more space on the field, more open footy, and it would return a little bit to that, you know, war of attrition sort of thing. Teams are also very disciplined at being able to slow the game down so that their teammates can get back to cover up as well. Um, so the, 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 you still get moments where the game slows down because of that. But, yeah, that gets those numbers back around where the ball's about to fall. I'd also like to see them take away that stupid rule that you don't have to wait for the umpire's flag. Going back to... Uh... And uh, numpties or numnuts. Numnuts. Yes, the Brisbane runner. What the hell was he thinking on Sunday? I didn't see that one. What happened? He encroached upon the mark while the St Kilda player was taking a kick at towards goal. Mm, somebody had a brain fade. Oh, uh, uh, let's just say Lepich wasn't too happy in the uh, coach's box. Uh, so he's got to coach the runners as well now, the poor bloke. He has a hard enough time coaching his team. Oh, dear. That, yeah, that that's, that's such a basic thing. You would think it would be just ingrained to all the runners because most of the runners are ex-players. They should know better. I was, 
I was waiting for a uh, broken window the way he was carrying on, but he would have had every right. I would have lost uh, my uh, marbles with what he did was just plain stupid. At what stage of the game was that? I think it was in the third quarter when it was still in the balance. Yeah, you can understand why he went off his nana then. Yeah, I'm like, that is just, I'm sitting there with my little one and I'm just thinking that's dumb. Any other news that you guys have heard or shall we move on to the great game on the weekend? Uh, The rumours about Tippett. Oh, yes, that was very interesting. Gary taking a bit of swipe at Tippett that he's not his val- his value for money at the Swans has been poor. You'd get more addiction carry for value for money. Look, we already knew he was overvalued. The price he went up there for was ridiculous. Oh, well and truly. Well, whenever he buys clothes, he never removes the uh, tickets off his tags. <laughs> yeah, I think Sydney had been found out by that and you wonder if they had um to use Malthouse's phrase if they had Franklin stitched up earlier um whether they would have even bothered with um Tippett to be honest. Well they use him more in the ruck. Yeah. And and that's why they had to lose Mumford. And they had to lose Mumford because they were paying the money to Tippett. Now if they didn't have Tippett would Mumford still be in the team and what would their ruck division look like? Mumford goes all right up forward as well. Yeah, I'd rather have Mumford any day of the week, to be honest. Than they Mike Pike. I'd rather have Mumford than Tippett in my team. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyway, sucks to be them. <laughs> We're smiling. Uh, uh, any injury news from um, locally? Nikki? Uh, no, I think pretty much everybody came through on the SANFL. Um, unfortunately, because of the time it was and where it was, it was I couldn't actually get out and have a look, but it seemed like uh, the Rat had a fair old game. I was a bit disappointed with Knights. He only got 23 possessions. He seemed to have a drop-off from his um, previous week. He needs to pull his finger out. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, I've uh, Sturt this week. Uh, looks like there could be a feral team um, in the SNFL um, coming back because there's a possibility of Sloan, uh, Brad Crouch, Douglas and Brody Smith being available. Makes you wonder whether they'll play Sloney and even uh, Brody Smith against Carlton, to be honest. You'd think they'd done enough to step straight back into the side. Yeah, whether they want to, though. I'd go for the pummeling, strongest side possible. Yeah, just before the bye. Yep, give it to Carlton, they'd need it. Well, I guess that's as good a time as any to uh, slip straight into our review of last week's match. What do we reckon, guys? Well, I said I was going to be happy with a 20-point loss. Um, we're 11 points, and I actually think it shouldn't have been 11. I think it should have been a bit less. I think there were a few certain goal reviews that got things wrong. Um, sitting in that last quarter, um, the group that I, I sit with, we most of us actually we just kind of turned to each other and 
we thought it was going to be heading towards a draw and with the points that were being kicked and there were so it came back to it like a six point game and we just all kind of went you know what that would probably be a fair result it felt like it should have been a draw that no matter which team won the other team was going to be really hard done by and i thought it was a great game of football wasn't high scoring um, but the pressure was fabulous all over the ground. Um, and, yeah, and just watching Dangerfield and Fife go at it was worth the price of admission. I think you're being incredibly kind. I think we threw that match away with some shocking kicking for goal in the second quarter. Tex. And, oh, I mean, really, he's, he's off the boil. I don't know what's wrong with him. Um, but there were a couple of others as well, and quite frankly, we should have been going into halftime with a handy lead and with all the momentum. And unfortunately, you know, we're playing a full-strength Fremantle, and we keep them in the game with some shocking kicking. And if it wasn't for Eddie just kicking them out of his ass, we would have lost by five goals. I think I was pretty close with my prediction that we'd lose by twelve goals. Um, <laughs> yep, very close. Like, you know, 11 points, 12 goals, not much of a difference. Um, Dangerfield, five. Danger one, Just that. a class of, yeah, just a class above those two players. What I loved, and I don't think it was shown on the TV so much, was any chance Dangerfield had to get his elbow and a bump and a push and just to be really physical against Fife. He was doing it. And Fife would turn to the umpires like, what's going on? And Danger would just hit him again. And it was it was great to see. Um, but just back on that, Phoenix, about Tex, um, after the game, listening to Triple M, they were interviewing him and the guys said, oh, you know, you played a good game and Tex was immediately down their throats. No, I didn't. I missed shots I should have kicked. We had a number of passengers tonight. It's just not acceptable and I was one of them. And I think the fact how hard he was on himself, but he wasn't accepting of his own performance. Um, even though, yes, we know he's down and the confidence, but I was quite pleased to hear that from him. And you know, it's not empty words coming from him. No. His kicking for goal technique has become lazy. He doesn't seem to be going through his, pardon me, his previous routine. Um, it, he's not as um, concerted. It's it's almost like his mind is not focused on his primary role, which is there to take marks and kick goals. And you wonder whether the captaincy's got anything to do with that. Um, but I watched him kick very closely, and it's all over the shop. It's, it, it's, there's no routine there. It's not, it's not the text of old. He seems distracted, doesn't he? It's kind of interesting because the week before, though, he was actually fairly accurate. He, he, was, he wasn't... It's, he seemed to have got his mojo back a little bit and then he's dropped again this week. Um, and I found that disappointing. Yeah, see, I wasn't as impressed as some with his game last week either. In fact, I, I don't think he's played well for about six weeks now, to be honest. I was ready to throw my remote at the TV every time Van Burlo coughed up the ball. It's like, well, you're not playing for Fremantle, you're playing for us. Yeah, that wasn't fun to watch. Uh, yeah, uh, he needs to be dropped when we've got numbers back. I I know he's uh, highly respected within the team, but he's just 
proving very costly at the moment with his turnovers. In good news, though, how is our back six? Jake, which, Lever. Which one? There's two. Lever and Kelly Stars. Uh, Rory Laird, some of the chopping out oh. work that he did, for a bloke his size, I, I have to say, I'm a bit of a fanboy, but he... I love the garden I, I would have put him in... The, I would have put him in the top three, actually. Yeah. He played an exceptional game. You don't have to mention Laird Fings because he's just an out-and-out star. It just goes without saying. Um, just Also, Brownie, that, that little chop mark off he did in front of Pavlich. I mean, he knew Pavlich was coming and he wasn't going to take a backward step. Um, Kelly, really interestingly, when Fife went forward, we put Kelly on him. And the only time um, Fife's goal was when he was playing in the midfield not when he was actually playing up forward. Kelly was blanketing him very nicely when he went up forward, and that was great to see. And the other thing I noticed in the first quarter was Fremantle were chopping and changing around a little bit, trying to get, I'm trying to forget who it was, onto Lever. They didn't like who Lever was manning up against, and they were moving it around just to try and get how they wanted it. So for a four-game player to have a forward line restructuring so that they can have what they think is the best matchup, that's a nice little kudos. Well, yeah, but I think they were trying to um, expose him, to be honest, because Lever was picking up, is it Taverner? Yeah, Taverner. And I think they wanted to use Lever's player as a go-to to try and expose the kid, um, and credit to him. He's got an old football brain on young shoulders. He's, he's exceptional. The, and was the it, handball to Tex. Was, yeah, wasn't Taverner subbed out later in the game too? Yeah, he was. Yeah, it was actually subbed out a little bit earlier, I thought. About halfway through the third quarter. I actually think this is where Walshie made a mistake with the sub. Martin, off, he was the one providing the run. And all of a sudden in that last quarter, we couldn't get it past halfway. I think if Martin was still on, that game might have had a different result. I, I think he was the wrong player to come off. He was either the wrong player to come off or Jared Lyons was the wrong sub for the conditions um, because Lyons didn't add much to our, our ability to spread. And you're right, we, we just got locked into their, to their forward half and, and we couldn't transition to our, uh, our forward 50, unfortunately. Well, let's just say most of that play was right in front of uh, where my seat is and it was very frustrating. I didn't want it there at all. I wanted it up the other end where I could hardly see the ball. And unfortunately... We kept having some uh, really good view of the play. So that was, yeah, it was just back and forth and back and forth and it was just frustrating. You could see some decisions made on our team. It's like, could you not run? Um, Fremantle with that little bit fitter um, kind of picked that towards the end of the third. Uh, both teams were stuffed, absolutely stuffed, but I think Frio just had that little bit extra fitness. I think Dangerfield's... Uh body language at the end of the game showed that he was absolutely stuffed. He poured his head out, heart out. Oh, we put him up forward for that last little bit. So when he actually kicked that, I am going to call it a goal because I'm pretty damn sure it was a goal, um, he was hobbling um, all that bit. Yeah, he copped a, oh, he copped a hit in the head. He, co- he copped um, Sandilands, I think, knee in the back, and there was another one as well. So he copped two hits, the ball, but, and he stayed out there. Um, and, you know, if he saw the ball, no matter what pain he's in, he's going for that ball as fast as he possibly can. Um, I'm quite disappointed in that score review. 
Um, I can't see how on earth why they overruled that at all and said it was a point. Ridiculous call. And the Charlie Cameron one, the other one as well, um, it's got to be conclusive to overturn the goal umpire's call. And the goal umpire's call was a goal. Everything we saw, it might have come off his leg, but it wasn't conclusive that he did, and yet they changed it to a point. It makes you wonder, doesn't it? Yeah, some stages you, you just kind of think they, they need to actually trust the goal umpires. Um, and I think I've said this before, the goal umpires, I think, need to trust themselves a little bit more. Um, That's what I was going to say, Nikki. They don't even trust themselves, so how are we meant to trust them? No, and I think part of that is this whole goal review and, and that, that, oh, you know, you've got to be sure, you've got to go to that. I, I think they need to stick to their guns a, um, a little bit more. Um, I think there's a culture where they're kind of being taught to, oh, maybe, I'm not sure. And, no, you've got to be definite when you're umpiring. The two best goal umpires in the uh, AFL are females. They are very good. I love Chelsea. <laughs> For her umpiring ability? Yeah, that's part of the reason. The other thing I wanted to talk about that I watched fairly closely this week was our work against um, Frio's midfield because clearly they were going to smash us with Sandlin. Yeah. Um, and that's how it played out. But again, there doesn't seem to be any any defensive um, strategy for, for when Source is losing the ruck, which was, seriously, it was predictable that he was going to struggle against Sandlund. We had no third up around the ground, or precious little third up around the ground, and we, again, allowed them too much space on his preferred side at centre bounces. I, I don't see that we're being effective in the middle against when we're losing a ruck. So I would say, though, I knew we were going to lose it, so I was watching what Source was going to do around the ground, and I thought it was actually very effective around there and was showing Sandlin's up there, although the most hilarious thing ever, I think, was seeing poor Jake Lever having to man up on Sandlin's in the forward line. It was like, I think as somebody put it on the board, it's like, Daddy, can we go to school? Yeah, the thing is, though, um, I had a point then. Um, it's good when you have one of them. Yeah, I know. Oh, yeah. In the last quarter, as you were saying before, we were struggling to um, to get field position. One of the ways of doing that is to force a, a boundary throw in, you know, sort of wing and reset. The trouble is you reset against Fremantle where they get the ball back because it's Sandilands. And that's where you need that third man up. And we, and we just didn't do it. Was it just me that in the third quarter, we'll, Source was sort of not le- letting him win it, but not going full throttle at the ruck jaw when we were starting to shark his taps? Yeah, there was a bit of that in there. Um, I'm trying to think. I reckon Crouchy got maybe one or two. Dangerfield was um, sharking a couple of them quite nicely. There were a few times where we almost had that cut off. Um, and it didn't quite work. So, I mean, I'm, I'm not – you're disappointed in a way that it didn't quite work out, but you could see that we knew that's what was going to happen and we were trying to stop it. We just couldn't quite get it um, at that moment. Um, but our clearances were still up. That, that's the thing, though. Um, it's, it's kind of a, 
yeah, it's a bit iffy. It's a bit hard to tell at the moment for me um, as to whether it's a really bad problem or whether it's just yeah, just a little bit of tweaking and it might get there. Yeah, I mean, one thing that Sandlins does, and he really likes doing it, and he did it numerous times last week, at boundary throw-ins he likes to push his opponent under the ball and then tap it behind his right shoulder. So he just basically paddles it. Um, like He gets inside the ball and just paddles it to his his right shoulder. Now, every time he did that, they had a guy running through, and invariably it was Fife. And it would have been quite easy for us to have someone there as, as, in a defensive position, but we never did. And it's one of Sandlin's signature no, moves. No, what, what we did so, instead was often you would have that little tap down, one would get it, and they often do then a quick handball. We would stop the second guy, that quick handball. So we... we some, sometimes. Oh, we did that a fair bit. I, I noticed I noticed that quite a fair bit around the ground, that every time they did that, would we hammered them. Um, so oh, as I said last week, this was the game I wanted to see where we were at and where we actually can really measure ourselves up against. Fremantle are awesome. They could almost go through the season undefeated. I wouldn't be surprised if it happens. Um, but I think we're not that far off the mark considering we had eight players out. And the fact that we're... We're a long way off the mark. Oh, we're in the... No, I think we're not that far away. I don't think we're... We're not at that level, but there's enough there for me to say, okay, we're not sliding downwards, we're trending upwards and... As we said, we could have won that game. Do you think the weather may have flattered it, flattered us a bit, like sort of made it a bit closer than what it should be? I no. don't, don't think we played badly. We just kicked ourselves out of it, like they Phoenix said. They have bigger, stronger, more mature bodies. Players who've played more games. They, those type of players, and they've got skillful players, they should play well in the wet. So where did we lose the game apart from inaccurate kicking? It, it was the inaccurate kicking and as Walsh said in that last quarter, we just don't quite have enough players to believe to take the game on in that last quarter. Um, we went for the safer options at times where we needed, really needed just to gun and run. Um, you've got to take the chances that are there and we didn't quite do it. We kind of we just sat in our shells a little bit, oh, this might not come off. Yeah, you gotta risk it all in the last quarter. Yeah, and some of that might be still I mean, uh tired players trying to stick to structure and game plan, concentration drops off because you're knackered. Um so it could just be a simple case of the game plan's not instilled to the point that it's second nature yet. But I still feel that we have some glaring problems. I mean, not that it's easy to do, but teams are going to start sitting on bets. Um, he's our only effective forward. Um, Josh Jenkins continues to be a massive liability. Um, he did all right when the ball fell in his lap, but it doesn't fall in your lap often at this level. Charlie played a really good game, but again, he falls in and out of the game a lot. Um, you know, Tommy Lynch... Plays all right, but he plays high, so we don't get a lot of score output from him. I did like him taking the ball off of Fife, though, and the look on Fife's face of, like, what happened? 
And I do think we're struggling in the midfield with structure. I think that that needs to be looked at. I think our defensive six I think is we're a little... uh, potentially awesome, but very young. So we're going to be exposed with three tools. Um, but I think our biggest problem is in the midfield and our forward line is a player short. Yeah, I think we want Brad Crouch. I'm really full, looking forward to see what Walsh does with Brad Crouch in that midfield rotation. I'm thinking, will he take the extra caution or his two-game policy or is he going to rush him straight back in after such a... Well, is this anything to do with feet and he's had past history with it is pretty serious. Yeah, you, you, SNFL. For me, it's going to be SNFL for him because he didn't have, Did he have two games in pre-season? Yeah, he played a little bit. Of- yeah. And he's... He, uh, last year, did he come straight back in the showdown or did he play in the snaffle? He played in the um, SNFL first because it was um, him and Matt playing together, which um, I remember that game was a Woodville West Torrens game where they just basically kept giving the ball to each other. Yeah. If Sando had his way, he would have, both brothers would have stayed there and gone for the flag for the SNFL side. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm still waiting for the day the pair of them get in a fight on the field together. I'll laugh. Don't think the coach will be impressed. So it sounds, it sounds as if uh, most of us are fairly happy with an honourable loss, except for the coach and the players. Which is how it should be. I'm, um, I'm never happy with an honourable loss. I, I expect to win until the final siren. Oh, it still hurt to lose, but it wasn't... In a way, it was a it was a really weird feeling because it was like I, we could have won that game and we we kicked ourselves out of it and there were other things and that bloody last quarter was so frustrating. But you think back on it, and go well, okay, no, we had this, that was good, and and that was good. So mm, you got to take the good with the bad and weigh it up overall in the bigger picture. So immediately after the game, bloody hurt and hated it, didn't like it at all. But fair play to Frio, they were awesome. I'm changing my name to WLF, White Line Fever. <laughs> okay, well, yeah, as I said, I I thought it was um, disappointing that we let it slip with some fundamentals, um, and that seems to be an ongoing trend, so hopefully it improves. Um, but I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we hear over the next month or so that Tex is still struggling with his knee. He seems to be becoming less agile every week, and he was very, very tentative in the wet. Um, and I think it's as a consequence, it's it's affected his um, kicking routine, um, which is a real worry because you know he was so reliable in front of goals, and he's gone from hero to zero in in the space of you know half a season. The real test for uh, Tex is this week at the MCG against Carlton. Will it play on his inner psyche? Yeah, that's a good point. We'll see, I guess. Yeah, we can only wait and see. All right, well, on to happier things, or hopefully happier things. Um, Let's talk about the upcoming game against Carlton this week. So I wonder though, will it actually will that actually play on Texas side? Because we did play last year against Carlton, 
at the MCG. I was there. It was bloody annoying. But Tex did kick that goal. Um, so whether it's, it's going to be interesting to see whether that's got it out of his mind. He's done it. He's played on there again. He's kicked the goal. Um, and it's a year later. So I'm, I'm hoping that it doesn't. It only will if there's an issue, and I just have I have it. I've thought for a while, and and it started when he started going up one-handed for marks. It's like you're worried about your landing. No, um, and you think it's his knee. I think it's his hand because I've seen him shake mm. it quite a number of times, and other things like and been a little bit more protective of it. I reckon he's got a hand issue, not a, not the knee. Well, you watch Jenkins when he goes up for a mark and he's not in perfect position. He'll go up one-handed. And the reason for that is because he's not nat- he's not a natural overhead jumper and therefore he's worried about his landing. It's what footballers do. And I would be willing to bet a lot of money that Texas is having a few residual issues with that knee at the moment. We'll see. Didn't he have an issue in a game earlier this year with the hand? Yes. And I've seen him since still also be a bit tentative about it. Mm. You don't kick with your hand. No, but you do drop the ball. Oh, yeah, but it's not ball drop with him. He's kicking it where he's aiming it, and that's all about routine. He's like a golfer hooking it out out the uh, park. He's not missing by much, though. That's the thing. Is they're not like huge wide misses. They're it's often close. So I think it just needs that that little bit of tweak to just click. Yeah, Nikki. But when you consider that there's probably what six meters between the center of the goals and missing by a meter, he's actually missing by seven meters because he's aiming for the center of the goals. Like so a, he is, whilst, whilst he's not, not always sneaking them in. Well, whilst he's not sneaking him in, he's missing his target by a fair amount. So you think we need to get Imperi as goalkeeping coach? <laughs> oh, I love those helicopters. I love those helicopters. He made balls turn in ways that probably they really shouldn't have. And a very funny Sorry. bloke to boot. So, Carlton, we uh fearing a, a, a bloody backlash or are we comfortable that on last week's performance, we're going to steamroll them. I think there's already been talk um, about the conscious of uh, Carlton's clearance work because they have been very good at it. They're just their kicking is shocking. Um, oh, it's just oh, they make us look fabulous. Um, so this is this is going to be quite interesting, and I think you'll um, you'll be quite intrigued with the those midfield duels because they, they, they have been setting up quite well to do um, their clearance work. And Juddy might be back. Um, yeah, I don't think that they, they don't have the backs to contend with their former. So if we can get on top in the middle and we can get that run through, I think this could be a, another large loss to Carlton. Crows by six goals. Yeah, I think Carlton are going to struggle to score against us, actually. I don't think they have much firepower up forward. Midfield, they're quite good. I like Carrazzo as a player, and they've got a couple of... Is Cripps playing at the moment, or yep. is he... He's just dropped off the last couple of weeks, but he, he's a good young player. Yeah, he's quite good. Um, 
And you're right, Nikki. I don't think they'll be able to go with our forward structure if they're all on their game. It'll be interesting to see if uh, Eddie has a day out because I don't know who they're going to match up on him. Wonder Tom Bell for them is underrated though. Would they put Yaron on him? Oh, they may put Yaron on him, but I don't think that's going to do them much good. Um, if anything, I think they'd probably put Yaron on Charlie. Yeah, I mean they use Yaron as their outlet, so. Yeah. Having him in a tagging role, I don't, I don't know whether that'll work for yep. them. But we'll Charlie's see. our higher half forward, and so that's where Yaron plays and trying to expose Charlie. So that that could actually be an interesting matchup if that happens, and it'll probably be good for Charlie. Um, he'd really have to be cluey in terms of turned on um, for defensive pressure. So you're looking for Charlie to be turned on, Nicky? Are you? In terms of his defensive efforts. Yeah, when Yaron gets his uh, jets on, he, uh, Charlie will have a good chase. I like the intensity that Charlie brought last week. Um, he was obviously fired up for Indigenous round, and uh, whilst he faded out, it was probably one of his better performances uh, since he's been here, but he's going to have to back it up now. I've, I've quite liked watching him. Um, I think I mentioned this the other week that his run that he will do at the player who's got the ball bringing out of their defensive half, even if the player kicks it and Charlie's that little bit away, he still drops the little shoulder, the little rugby push, just to let him know, you know, if I was that a little bit quicker, I would have got you. Um, just so it kind of gets in their head that next time they see him coming, they know he's he's going to, and he doesn't take a backward step. It doesn't matter how wary he is, he definitely does not take a backward step from anyone. That's what we need. And particularly if they so, heard his Uncle Eddie, then he doesn't like at all. So any chance, Carlton, at all, do we think? Is there any area that we think that they might be able to get on top of us and, and give us a run for our money? It'd just be those clearances, but from what I've seen of Carlton, and I've unfortunately had to watch a lot of their games, they're kicking around the ground. They're, they're purely their kicking is very average. It's I think SNFL sides would come close to beating them. Never say never after. No, not after last, last week. Not after last year though. Let's forget that game. I can't see them getting close, to be honest. I think if they do get close, it'll be um, due to our players just not being switched on, and I can't see that being the case. So Yeah, um, yeah not after two, the, two, I, I the just, two losses we've had. You'd think that that would be burning in the guts of the players and also all the coaching staff. So We're still failing to switch on in the first quarter. That's my only concern. Like, only okay, we only switched off for half of the first quarter last week, but that's... Still enough to give the other team a bit of a start. No, hang on, though. We kicked the first score of the game, though. We actually had a bit of movement, but it was a point. We should have bloody been a goal. Um, so you couldn't say that we, we weren't we, – yeah, we, we were switched on for the first quarter. I felt we started better. Yeah. Um, and, we, and, you know, you, you talk about whether the wet helped us. We certainly um, got back into the game once it started raining, so I don't know. Just just want to see a great four-quarter performance against Carlton and give Grandpa Mick the proper send-off that he deserved. <laughs> he did say that he, he watched uh, most of the Carlton-Swans game. Good on him. So anything else to add on uh, the Carlton game? It seems like we're pretty comfortable, which I don't know. Could be good, could yeah, be bad. Yeah, sometimes that's not a good feeling. Never underestimate your opponent. 
No. But we should pummel them. All right. So for me, it's Adelaide by, um, uh, let's call it 10 goals. Yeah, I was going to say the 10. Just equal what Sydney did, and I'd be happy with that. I'll go for six. Here we are at uh, everyone's favourite segment of the week, Board Talk, and joining us um, tonight is the gender-confirmed Croweta 41. How you going, mate? I'm good yourselves. Yeah, we're pretty good. Thanks for joining us. No worries. Sorry about the hold-up. Oh, nobody will know. <laughs> No, no. Right. See, once we chop it all out, it would be so seamless. You won't even know. <laughs> Fantastic. Because we need to chop out our own little breaks that we have. Because we're a bit shocking <laughs> at times. Yes, we Especially are. Especially Nikki. Oh, it's all good. Yes. I know. I'm useless. We didn't say useless. I did. Just very inappropriate. I'm completely appropriate tonight. Yeah, I know. It's been boring, actually. We've no, been, we've disagreed. We've been well-behaved, though. Except for you and that toy. That toy stalks me. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> bloody hell. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. Uh, yeah, it's good to be here. <laughs> um, after... Yeah, after a few technical issues, but yeah, no, good to be here. So have you been one of our adoring fans, mate? Have you been tuning in? I have been, after I got that tag from Danos in the Board Talk thread a couple of weeks ago. I um I didn't actually realise there was a podcast on the Crows board, but have now been tuning in and listening back to a few. So, so you're not a regular? little thread up the top? I, I am. I just... I didn't pay much attention so to the sticky threads. Yeah, no, yeah, that often much. happens. The, the sticky threads, some um, people tend to ignore. They're just like, oh, it's probably important, but if I don't read it, I can't get in trouble. Yeah, well, it's usually just like the rules or as they, as I like linked to important threads. Like, I don't necessarily care about those at times, but now that there's a podcast there, I, hey, I care about Hey, I it. made up those rules. And there we go. Yeah, I, I find it. Yeah. I know Phoenix doesn't like following them. I find it easier to zone out when there's a fence. Rules are for fools. <laughs> how many? How many warnings have you had? Only one. Well, there you go. Then you could have had none. Yeah, I'm actually trying to rack up a few more, but um, I'm not being very creative lately. Give it time. So, mate, what brought you to the uh, Adelaide Big Footy Board in the first place, and how long have you been going? Um, I was mucking around on the computer back in year 12 and found Big Footy itself, signed up just to waste time as you do in school. And I suppose, obviously, being the Adelaide supporter, went across to the Adelaide Board, had a look around, didn't really post a lot with more posting and local footy board. And, yeah, since then I've sort of branched out a bit and posted a bit here and there. So who's your local... I'm not a massive poster as such. Who's your, who's your local footy sorry. team then? 
Um, the Maribyrnong Castle Main Football League, for if anyone knows Victoria, being a victim. Yes, so I do. You do? My uh, wife has a good friend who lives in Maryborough, so... Yep. I, I lived in the western suburbs of Melbourne, though. Yep. When I originally signed up for Big Footy, I was in the Wimmera League, Wimmera Footy League, and have jumped around here and there, but, yeah, now it's the Maryborough Castle Main. So how did you end up being an Adelaide supporter then? Um, well, the one sports store back at home, um, I went in there with the parents. They didn't put any pressure on me to pick any particular team, as a lot of people do growing up. I just got a free choice and picked the Adelaide jumper off the rack and have supported them since. So you like the fruit tingles? Pretty much, yeah. I think that's what I fell for. You decided you wanted to be a man of taste. Yep. Also that. I, there were there were two rules. The Collingwood and Essendon jumpers were hidden on the rack. <laughs> they weren't brought to the front. Otherwise, it was free pick. So who do your parents support? Um, Dad followed... Richmond back in the day, but he was originally from Adelaide, so he went back to the motherland, as he likes to say, when I decided to support Adelaide. And mum never really gave a shit about footy, and, <laughs> but, now, but now follows Adelaide just because I do as well. I quite like that. that you kind of turned your, instead of the parents influence the child, the child's influence the parents. Yeah, well, I... I did do that, I suppose, if you have a look at it that way. I'll send a message out to Mother Nick. Love you, Mum. <laughs> <laughs> so do you get a lot of stick um, being a Crow supporter out there? I do. It's um, growing up in the hometown that was 7,000 or something. We're, ba- we're halfway between Melbourne and Adelaide, basically. And there were two Crow supporters in town, myself and one of my good mates, mainly because we stuck together because we were two Crow supporters in a in a big town. And we did cop a fair bit of stick, but I, sp- I was only six and seven when the two premierships happened. So I didn't really have – I couldn't gloat then because I didn't really understand what that was all about. But, yeah. I did cop a bit of stick there for a fair while. You're a young puppy. You make me feel old. Cause he I is. Am. I remember those days because I probably contributed to the algae problem in the Torrens that those nights. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I can't say I have much recollection of much of the grand finals, but they are on DVDs now that I, I go back and watch occasionally just to... Rehash the memory. Yeah, it's been a while since we've uh, been to the big dance, so to speak. It has been. It's time to go again. So at training, mate, did you cop a few hits wearing the Crows Guernsey or did you opt out of that at training? <laughs> no, they were pretty good. Um, always always wore the Crows Guernsey everywhere, um, even at school days like your primary school footy colours days, and always had Modra's number on the back. I always got 
called Modra at school because I suppose I was the only Crow supporter there. And with his number, all the older kids started just calling me Modra, and that stuck there for a few years. So, but other than that, like no one, there was no hits or anything stupid like that. I suppose a fair bit of banter, as it's called these days. But yeah, nothing too bad. So nothing during a competitive drill, you know, just a sly elbow or something like that. Uh, I'm usually the one to do that, rather than anyone else. <laughs> I was going to say, there's obviously no port supporters. Um, no, not ones that I associate with anyway. They'd have to be a knee drop to the kidney if they any port supporters. <laughs> Don't remind me about that. Or a blatant elbow to the jaw. Mm. No, there weren't many port supporters. I think oh, there was one bloke that come from Adelaide that was a port supporter, but... I suppose he got just brought up in the wrong area. Some people don't have any luck. So in terms of your um, uh, your activity on the boards, do you have any uh, favourite posters, mate, or, or ones that give you the shits? Um, I know I've... Bearing in mind, this is only a 15-minute segment. True. <laughs> Um, I have seen a fair bit of Alex and his occasional rant and melt and stuff, which is... Occasional? Occasional. It's a loose term, I suppose. But um, he's also on the SFA board, which I'm fairly heavily on myself. And he does some... He's fairly handy over there, I suppose. That's just a shit-talking board. Well, um, you know what, SF, mate? SFA means to me a uh, crow eater, don't you? I assume so, yes. If we're thinking on the CR, same line, yeah. I think so. Yep. Um, who else is there? Um, Stabby and I suppose um, dr- uh, Drugs Are Bad. Who else is there? They're, they're probably two that I, I like to see, read what they've got to say. Seem pretty switched on about the whole whole um everything that's going on I suppose. Yeah, there are a couple of good ones. So you, you do know that um drugs are bad. Um why most people his original name was Carl Spackler. Yes. I I think I did know that, yeah. I haven't Yeah, so most most yeah, a lot of people just I think might get a little confused because everybody yeah. refers to Carl and it's like, well, no, it's him. Some would say that his uh, posting has diminished in value since he's taken on moderator duties. I must admit I'm a little bit disappointed myself. Well, he can't really <laughs> card himself. And I think that's the problem. You know, there's there's been a, um, a de-escalation of his uh, rhetoric on the board and I think we've, we're poorer for it. So... If Big Fella's listening, I think we should actually get rid of Carl as a moderator and put someone more moderate in. <laughs> yeah, sack Carl. He has to go to the naughty corner. I think he's permanently in there, though. I'd like to see Carl run a second account so we can just let his creative juices run free, actually. There's a small problem that he would have to card himself because you're not allowed to do that. Call himself Andrew Capel. 
<laughs> not, not, um, what is it? <laughs> Andrew Webster? Andrew Webster. Andrew Webster, who's mysteriously disappeared. Oh, no, he'll pop up and ask, um, say that the clo- the, the crows need to get some, some nice-dressed chinos as part of their, um, yeah, for the Cronia store. So what do you reckon about uh, the changes at the club, mate? You, you're happy with Walshie and the crew down there now? Um, I think I am, yeah. Uh, uh, the old man, when Sando got sacked, I think he called me and told me, and he's he had a few choice words to say about that. And I somewhat thought I agreed until I sort of had a read around, I suppose, the board, even just some of the things the players are saying and what that, what the Adelaide board come out with, not big footy, but the actual board itself about why why the change happened. And when they put Walsh in, I again I I didn't question it, but I was I was unsure about it. But I suppose our first three or four games were, if anything, were to go by. It, it looked positive until a couple of sort of crap performances, I suppose, and then turning the train around a bit. So it's looking all right. And to get rid of Triggs, just fantastic. It's probably the best thing um, anyone's done for Adelaide since... Getting the Jarmans I, in. I don't know. Or Darren. I was going to say the Jarmans. And getting Andrew McLeod. I was going to say the Jarmans. Thank you, Fremantle. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I love you, Fremantle, except for last week. At least that was a good game to watch. Yeah, we, we, yeah, it was a good game. It was kind of interesting, our discussion we've had on it tonight, as to, you know, do you accept an honourable loss or not? And I think we've all kind of ummed and that we didn't like losing, but it was still a good game. Yeah, I, I'm, I think I'm in that same boat too. It's it's never great to lose, but at least if you, as I was saying about Carlton, at least if you lose and you look like you're having a dip and you try like and you're beaten on pure skill, then sure you just weren't good enough. But if you lose and you've just played shit house, then that's where the problems that like. Happen. I think last time Carlton had a dip was in a tank in the ice bath last week after the game. <laughs> a few of them have a go. It's just not all of them. So what do you reckon about this week, mate? Do you reckon it's a big win for us on the cards? I was I was thinking this question had come and for some strange reason in the bottom of my guts, it's just I feel like it could be a loss for some reason. I don't know if we won't turn up or something, but I'm hoping it'll be a big win. But No, I think you're remembering last year. Yeah, I am. The the Melbourne game was it or no, Couple Carlton at the MCG. Oh yeah, and Melbourne bastards go as well. It's just there's games sometimes that we we go into and you're like, well, say ten, fifteen goal win, and you, you come out the other end ten or fifteen goals down, and you sort of go, the hell happened there? Which for some reason I hope doesn't happen this week. So, yeah, going into the bye would be great with a, with another win. It'd be a good way to finish off before the bye, wouldn't it? It would be. Just cement a spot in the top eight before the bye and, and run along from there. 
Well, mate, every week, as you know, we put um, our board talk guests under the grill, um, only because yep. we haven't thought of a better name for it. Um, so it's probably that time now. Uh, so let me get my piece of paper that's got all the questions on it. Because there's only six of them and you can't remember. I found a new name for it as well, the septic tank. The septic to put it under the nah it hasn't got the same ring waffle. Nah. Nah, the grill sounds good. Makes me hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so the Some first one's work. the most obvious. Um Danger and Sloan, staying or leaving, mate? Um Again, hope they stay, but I can see possibly danger leaving, Sloan staying. I suppose, I mean, it's one of those things. Until they sign, they're going, I suppose. But hopefully, I'm hoping they stay. Well, the rumours, the strong rumours doing the rounds are a long-term deal with Sloan being agreed to. Lovely. See, we don't get that in Victoria. We we get the Dangerfield signed, sealed and delivered to Geelong and Sloan's going to every other Victorian team there is. He's already playing for St Kilda, according to Fox Footy. Yeah, well, see, so that's oh, what no, we... Oh, Ra- no, is playing for Brisbane, so that's okay. Victorian me. Uh, next question. Do they still wear duffel coats where you are, mate? No, they don't. I haven't seen one. Do you even know what a duffel coat is? <laughs> I do, yes. I haven't seen one for a while. Your old man probably wore one. Probably. Well, if you had one... Probably would have done it without. The tradition over here is always that you put a number on the back. Um, so if you had one, um, and you could choose anyone, doesn't have to be a football player, it could be anyone, who would you uh, have on the back, mate? Um... Very left of centre here. When I was growing up, I always, my favourite player was Hayden Skipworth, so I'd probably have him on the back. Little Skippy. Yeah. You might be the only person in the known universe that would have Hayden Skipworth on the back I'm aware of that. of coat. I'm well aware of that, yes. I told you it was a little left of centre. You'd have to have his name on there, and then you'd have to have like a a brief bio so people wouldn't keep asking you, who the hell is Hayden Hayden Skipworth? (laughs) He coaches the Bendigo Bombers, doesn't he? Uh, The Essendon Essendon VFL side, the Bendigo Bombers don't exist anymore. Oh, that's right, they've upgraded. Yep. Bendigo's VFL side's no more. That's because they probably get an attendance of two people. Correct. And the Bendigo Football League were being shithouse to the VFL. Yeah. Not allowing players to go back and forth. Probably when I still lived in Melbourne. So now probably the most important question you'll ever get asked, mate, in the context (laughs) of the board. Um, Kylie or Danny? Danny. Ooh. Oh, no. Danny is damaged goods. People keep forgetting that Kylie isn't yet. True, but so can you can can you give us a a, a brief explanation? Um, no, not really. I just it's just I think Danny's got a little bit more going for her. <laughs> 
I don't know what that is. But... A kid. Yeah. A, a couple of years on Kylie as well. Not many, just a couple. So they're still... And, yeah, being a young fellow, you're always after, the, I suppose, at Cougar Tice, which they both are. But if one has the kid, then it just sort of... It's that little bit of more high-five action from the mates, I suppose. I've never heard that well, before. This is it, I <laughs> I've never picked up a cougar, unless, unless it's a drink. Um, yeah, I think I've picked up one double my age. That's just the town I'm living in. <laughs> just it's a it's a strange place. Yeah, well, I won't. so everyone would know about that the next morning, wouldn't they? <laughs> uh, it's big enough that not everyone knows about it, and they should probably ask you if it's a relative. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I, I think Fair play. she was just younger than mum is now. Experience. So, yeah. Do you have to ask for a birth certificate just to confirm, you know, that no, you're that's not in Tasmania. first cousins or something? <laughs> um, that's Tassie. We're, we're a little more north than that. We're a little bit more oh, cultured. Yes, a little more cultured and you don't usually ask her you all wake, mum. Yeah. <laughs> Not all the time. Yeah, yeah it's like when uh, Tasmanian introduces themselves and they go, I'd like you to meet my wife and sister and there's only one woman standing behind them. <laughs> oh, poor Tasmanians. <laughs> oh, all right. Um, what's next? Oh, yeah. If you could meet one poster, who would you like to meet and why? Um, I probably should have mentioned him in the other posters bit, but Danos as well. Um, he's another on the SFA board, and I, I, I've um, had a bit to do with him. Had a few good chats with him, and he just when seems he like wants a, to be a on good the fellow that could uh, enjoy a beer. Lovely fellow. I Sorry, Danos. <laughs> oh yeah. no, we miss you, Danos. <laughs> yeah, we're missing the stats, man, tonight. Get back here, Dan Oz. He loves them. He's good with those stats. Should have heard what yeah. Nicky was saying before about Dan Oz. It's a good thing. <laughs> and it's oh, all recorded mate. and I will keep this one, which will prove that, no, I didn't say anything. So, there. <laughs> all right. And the final question, mate. Um, are the Crows going to make the eight? Yes, they will. I don't see, yeah, I don't see anyone in the bottom eight. Oh, I like that. Um, coming up, um, the likes of I don't think I don't even think Port will make it. That's not me being an Abbott biased Adelaide supporter. That's just me simply thinking that I don't think Port will make it this year. Just after their start, um, North are in the same boat, and they're probably the two main ones in the bottom half that would throw any sort of challenge to the top eight at the minute. Melbourne will make it if. Jack Watts keeps dropping himself. <laughs> it hasn't he been just a prized pick? I know we've been. He's a great. He was a great pick in football. I reckon Fergus Watts would be due for a game. It's just a continual joke for what is it now? Eight years or so, six, seven, whatever it is. Just a fantastic joke that's just kept delivering. The gift that keeps on giving like trig. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
And that was the height, though, where everybody was trying to find the next coup de fides, um, in a way. So they were going after the athletes and thought you could teach them football. And yeah, I think it's kind of been proven that. Jack no. Trengove, what a gun of a footballer. Actually, Jack Trengrove was a gun uh, at yeah. SANFL level, but uh, that foot injury has been a bastard. It, it is. Let, let me go to Richmond. No, we don't want you now. Not after they did the medical tests. No. <laughs> Dropped a whole lot. Nobody's <laughs> willing to touch him. Anyway, mate, um, that feeling. thanks very much for joining us. It's been good to talk to you. Always nice to talk to another Adelaide footy, uh, big footy board member. No worries, thanks for having me. And a nice mix of somebody fun. who wasn't born and bred in this state. No, it wasn't, but yeah, I've got the South Australian blood running through me, I suppose, with the old man being born there. Uh, nice work, mate. All right, well, uh, that was board talk for this week uh, with... Um, Shit, what's your bloody username again? <laughs> Crow Eater 41. Who's getting old? That's it. Shut up. Not to be confused with that Crow Eater 78 that was making bullshit rumors. We've got to take, uh, got to take Phoenix back to the nursing after we're finished. Just put him in the wheelchair and roll him down the hill. I could tell you people some stories. F*** off, the lot of you. <laughs> I get told that every weekend by my father. Which bit? The f*** off bit or the I can tell you some stories bit? Uh, the f*** bit, because he always tells us about his bloody stories. I'm going to have to beat that shit out. <laughs> you are. I'm still laughing. All right, mate. Well, uh, thanks very much for uh, joining us, and, uh, yeah, we'll uh, see you on the boards. I've heard people say that too much of anything is not good for you, baby. All right, well, that brings us to the end of another Crowcast for uh, the week. Uh, thanks very much to CrowEater41 for joining us. It was a good board talk this week. Uh, thank you, Waffle, for joining us tonight with your dulcet tones and your uh, insightful comments. Thank you, Phoenix. I mean insightful in, in terms of inciting people rather than being perceptive. Well, that's what I was thinking too, because I'm not very perceptive. <laughs> and thank you, Nikki, again, for uh, keeping it mildly clean and providing us with a lot of information as usual. My pleasure. I know we've had to censor you quite a bit lately, so uh, it's nice that you've finally taken that on board. I know my mother would be disgusted with me. And hello to Nikki's mum, uh, and we're sorry for your daughter. Ah, oh, and the other thing is, Phoenix, is there um, people might need to tune in next week. We may have a special guest. Yeah, that's right. Um, don't want to reveal too much because the information is still a little bit sketchy, but um, it does seem like next week with the buy um, coming up, uh, we may have a very special guest, actually. So... Um, Stay tuned on the boards. We'll keep everyone posted and um, hopefully it comes through for next week's podcast, but it should be a beauty. And then for the bye week, it'll probably 
be interesting to see if uh, people have some suggestions on things they'd like us to discuss if we don't have a game to discuss what's coming up. Um, is there anything else that they think uh, could be a quite little discussion point? Yeah, it's a good idea, actually. We might um, throw it open and, and take people's suggestions and then discard them and ignore them completely. You're cooking the barbie, aren't you, Nikki? Oh, that's very sexist. Why couldn't I cook the barbie? Because you're... Why does it have to... You're the cooler... You're on the beers. Why does it have to be gender-aligned? That's a bit girly, isn't it? Uh, isn't most people that cook the barbie male? Now, come on, Nikki. My wife won't let me cook My father My is. wife knows I know how to cook the barbie, but she won't let me. You gave Ollie Wines shit for being mildly sexist, and now you're going to gender stereotype as well. No, I'm saying that um, most of the people who cook on the barbecue that I've seen, particularly the football, are the male, but I do have my own little barbecue, and I do cook some nice little barbie meals. <clears throat> I just fill out the fridge, and my wife says... <laughs> you're being quiet there. I just said a whole heap of stuff without the microphone activated. <laughs> well done. <laughs> All right, well, on that uh, politically incorrect uh, note, we'll say good night uh, to everyone. So thanks very much, guys, and we'll see or you good morning. Or, or good morning. Or good afternoon, morning. depending on when they're listening. It's five o'clock really? somewhere. Really? All right, good night, guys. <laughs> good, good morning or whatever the hell. Bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Crowcast, brought to you by Casmar Event Technology for all your live production and studio recording needs. See you at the footy.